Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. Good morning. As you can tell, I'm speaking in bass tones uh, this morning about Wednesday. Uh, I had some allergies kick in and was uh, crying and, uh, you know, other things running uh, and and all. And then it turned into a lot of congestion yesterday after the prayer walk and uh, coughing a lot and everything. And I, I just uh, prayed about it last night. And, and I thought, I, I don't think I can preach the content of the sermon today two times. Uh, so what Lord, the Lord led me to do uh, is to kind of go back through a devotional that I, that I wrote out uh, this past week uh, for our time together. And then uh, on the other side of the invitation, we're going to do some other stuff. So when the invitation is really, really early, uh, don't get too excited because we've got a little bit more to do after that. Although I can pretty much guarantee you're going to get out early today, uh, earlier than, than normal. Um, so, uh, the, the message we would have looked at this week, will move to next week. So we're not going to lose that, uh, study, uh, really interesting, uh, missionary George Lyle. I'd never heard of him before. I hope this isn't the reason I never heard of him before, but he was an African American born into slavery in Virginia. Uh, and he winds up coming to Christ as his savior, being called into ministry, uh, to, to preach was ordained. Uh, by a white church in the South, you know, in Georgia, no less. Do you factor all that in back then? He predated, predated William Carey that we've already talked about by about 10 years being a missionary. He predated Adonai Judson that we talked about by about 30 years being a missionary. So he's got an interesting story, and I want to just kind of whet your appetite a little bit uh, for him for next week, and that's what we'll focus on. Take your Bible and turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 9. Uh, several months back, um, I was in Lifeway and uh, they had some things marked down and they had this uh, uh, a journal uh, and, and it's got you know blank pages you can write on and a Bible verse at the bottom. I want to encourage you to maybe consider doing that as part of your devotions. Uh, I know a lot of times for a devotional, people will think, well, I'm, you know, I'm just going to get something that somebody else has already written and everything like that and read through it. Uh, and I do that some also, but what I've been doing for my devotionals for the last little while is taking this journal every day, reading the verse at the bottom of the page, and, and then reading through it, praying over it, and writing down what I felt like God was saying to me. Uh, and then um, this particular one I'm going to share with you, uh, after I read it and wrote some things down, I felt like oh, I need to send that to some of my family. So I sent it to Jared uh, up in Silva and posted it kind of on a group message and in Facebook within our family uh, because I, I thought it had some significant things for us to think about uh, here. So um, here on the screen, it, it's in the ESV. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation also. But uh, look with me at, at this verse just for a few minutes. Uh, it says, But as it is written... What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagine, what God has prepared for those who love him. That's an amazing verse of scripture if you'll think about the implications of all that. Let, let me read it to you in the, uh, in, in the New Living Translation. 
uh, and it says this, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I want you to think about some of the components of that verse for a, for a minute. It, it talked about no eye has seen. Now stop for a minute and think about the things you have seen. Um, I've seen a lot over the years that I've lived my life. Um, next month I'll be 64, so in 64 years you see a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of good stuff. I've seen a lot of stuff I wish I had not seen. How about you, you know, in, in, in your lifetime? But I've seen a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things physically that just, you know, in creation that convinces me beyond all need that there's a creator that designed everything. Uh, one of our parents came up because our, our youth left just a few minutes ago uh, to uh, run up the mountain. They're going up to snow ski and tube and things like that today. And one of the parents come up wanting to, hey, he said, pray for safety over them because there's supposed to be like a 20-mile-an-hour wind and different things like that. So we stood out in the hallway and, and prayed. And as I was praying for them, uh, I thought of this element. You know, they're going to be up there and have an additional witness to the majesty and the grandeur of God just by being on that mountain. And just by looking out and seeing all that God has created. And I pray that they would recognize that as they were there. So guys, we've seen a lot of things physically. We can see some things spiritually too. Because if Christ is our Savior, we have the Holy Spirit living in us to help us see things. And I'll kind of use that to set context to this verse in just a minute. But there are a lot of things that we have seen spiritually mostly because of what the Bible tells us, amen, that we, that we can see those things. But even though there's a lot of things we've seen physically and spiritually, that still pales to what we will see. It's kind of the, the, the point that this verse is making. I, I've heard a lot of things, kind of in the same scenario that I said a moment ago. I've, I've heard a lot of things I wish I had not heard. Uh, almost... Every hour of every day now, if I'm watching the news, how about you guys, you know? How many's wanted to shoot your television over the last two or three months? And at least one more raised their hand with me. That makes me feel good. It means I'm not the only heathen, uh, you know, around. So you, you, you hear a lot of things, a lot of negative things. But I've heard a lot of good things over my life too. Especially in regards to what I've heard about Christ. And what he's done for me, that he was sent into this world. I've heard about the incarnation. I've heard about him living a sinless, perfect life. I've heard about his crucifixion, where he went to the cross, and he shed his blood that through faith in him, we can have everlasting life. I've heard about his ascension, that he's gone, and he's sat down at the right hand of the Father, and he's praying for us. I've heard about that. I've heard that he's coming again. I believe that. Amen. A lot of good things I've heard. But of all the good things I've heard, it still pales at the reality one day of what we'll see and what we'll experience. So, so it said there, no eye has seen, no ears heard, no mind has imagined. I don't know about you, but God gave me a pretty good imagination. I think that's true of most people. I mean, look at mankind. We can imagine a lot of stuff, can't we? We can imagine a lot of stuff that's good. We can imagine a lot of stuff that's bad. I, I already told you, you know, about my age coming up and everything like that. 
I've seen a lot of stuff and seen the imagination of man displayed in a lot of ways technologically over my lifetime that I wouldn't have thought about when I was younger. So we've seen a lot of imagination, a lot of creativity in, in things in our world. Spiritually, I, I can try and imagine what heaven's going to be like. And you can too, primarily because we do have a picture of it in the scriptures. But even though we have a picture of the scriptures, it kind of what's our imagination and we can think about what it will be like, <coughs> that still falls short <laughs> of what it will be when we see it. Because it said we, we've not seen, we've not heard, our, our mind can't imagine, our heart can't imagine Everything that God has prepared. Jesus said, I've gone to prepare a place. I can read about streets of gold and gates of pearl and everything like that. He's prepared a lot for us in the future. And while we can kind of see it spiritually and hear it spiritually and imagine it spiritually because of what the scriptures has told us, Still, what God has prepared for us is way beyond what we can see or hear or imagine right now. And and let let me warn you real quick. Don't park that all over in heaven. In other words, I think he's got some things prepared for you right now in this life. The Bible says he's prepared things for us to walk in, for us to do, good works for us to do in our life. So, yeah, I understand the tendency to want to just park all that over in heaven, but don't just park it over there because he's, he, he's got things prepared for you now. Also. But no matter how much you might have think you've seen spiritually or seen out in creation in the world that communicates to you the grandeur of God and how much you might have heard, and how much you might imagine, is it, it still doesn't come anywhere close to the reality one day when we see him face to face. But the reality of when we see what he's prepared for us. But here's the catcher. It said what God has prepared for those who love him. So maybe that begs us to consider a question this morning. Do I really love God? Five words, but a really serious question. Do I really, maybe I need to throw a few more words in, really, 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 really love God? It's easy for us to say. When I ask you that question, you know, especially if you know Christ is your Savior already, it might have been really easy for you to say, yeah, I, I love God. It's easy for us to say. If, if, if the only demonstration I ever had from Becky was simply her saying, I love you, and I never saw any evidence of her loving me, wouldn't they give me reason to question, does Becky really love me? Even though she tells me? Now, I see plenty of evidence of it. I see more evidence of it 
from her, probably she sees from me because of all she does for our family and has done. But, but the reverse is true for her. If all she had ever heard was just this idiot in high school that started wanting to hang around her saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. And, and, that, and that's all she ever got was just me saying that and her not getting evidence of it. I fall short of evidence all the time. I'm sorry, I'm easily distracted. Maybe I'm, you know, a little bit ADD and didn't know it. You know, she's talking to me and I'm thinking, oh, what's that over there? You know, and, 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 I'm, and I'm missing it, it, it some or whatever. But I still think she would tell you she's got evidence and, and apply that to your own life. I mean, it's easy for somebody to tell you they love you, but you, you kind of like to see some evidence of it, don't you? So what evidence are you giving to God that you love him? What, what evidence am I giving to God that I love him? See, it's more than just words, <laughs> There will be some things in our lives that demonstrate to him and others that we love God. That's who the promise was to. We can't fully see. We can't understand it fully by hearing or with all of our imagination what he's really prepared for those who love him. And that love relationship begins with you trusting Christ as your Savior. Begins with that type of commitment. I'm going to ask John if he would come out. We're going to do the invitation now. And then we're going to do some other things on the other side of the invitation. So think about that question right now. Do I really love God? Ask yourself, what am I doing in my life to demonstrate that I really, really love God? And maybe if you're struggling to come up with some evidence there that you're demonstrating to him and others that you love him maybe during this invitation be a good time to come up and pray and say god i do love you and i'm sorry i've not demonstrated as i should maybe if you've never trusted christ as your savior maybe today's a good time for you to take that first step i I don't care what you think the world has to offer you i don't care what you think the world has to offer it doesn't compare (laughs) with what he's prepared for us. And if you've been a holdout on God, you've not trusted him as Savior because you've been enamored by all the things of the world, everything like that, I'm telling you, it doesn't compare. Don't throw that away for this in this world because that's going to be so much better than you can imagine one day. Please stand with me. Father, Father, I pray you help us this morning to be honest and be reflective by your spirit. Father, we're told really in context in those verses that we've just looked at that through your spirit we can see some of those things. We can't see it fully. We can't hear it fully. We can't imagine it fully. In our flesh, we can't at all. But you go on in the next verse to tell us in verse 10 that through your spirit, we can understand these things. Father, I pray those that are here that are believers, Father, that you move in their lives by your Holy Spirit, that you interpret those things 
to them that you give them a hunger and a thirst for you that they can know these things oh not fully not in this life but they can know those things better see better hear better imagine what you prepared for us but father i pray for those that don't have your holy spirit because they've never trusted christ as savior i pray right now you help them to step over from death to life i pray you help them to trust in christ as their savior and by doing so you tell us your spirit will come to dwell them to help them see hear and imagine what you prepared for us though not fully father we look forward to one day to understanding fully and seeing fully all that you prepared for us father help us not to be so heavenly minded we're not of any earthly good. So, Father, help us to demonstrate right now, between now and then, that we love you. That gives us more hope and more anticipation of what you prepare for us in the future. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If God has spoke to you as a believer, maybe you feel like you need to come and kneel real quick this morning and pray and say, God, help me to... Uh, demonstrate more that I love you God I want to see more I want to hear more I want to imagine more what it's going to be like one day and we invite you to come if you do not know Christ as your Savior we definitely invite you to come if you've got questions what that is about please come to me I'm not going to hang it with you personally because somebody might be sick today but I'll get somebody to talk to you if you don't understand you've never trusted Christ as your Savior We invite you to come.
guys be seated for a moment. If you uh, are still kind of bothered by that devotional or invitation or any conviction in your life, if you need to come and talk to me after the service, please do so. And uh, we'd love to have somebody spend more time with you to uh, maybe unpack that a little bit more uh, with you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask anyone that's leading a small group. We don't have everybody here, but if you are present, you're leading one of our small groups. Would you come on up and kind of line up on the stage behind me, and I'm going to give you a, a, a mic and get you to share a little bit about our small groups because they will be starting uh, out next week. Um, and maybe it was a proper timing for me to be under the weather to where I couldn't do the full message today because I think uh, this is needful to have an emphasis on our small groups. Uh, I'm going to emphasize just a couple of them for you that aren't present uh, here right now. Daryl is upstairs with our children. Uh, Daryl has probably all the people he needs in, in his group because it's not really a, a true small group. Uh, but just to let you know what they'll be studying, they're going to be looking at a Max Lucado a book, Unshakable Hope, and uh, uh, they will be meeting at 5.30 to 7.30 um, upstairs. Um, Chuck Campbell is not with us today. Most of you had the chance probably to see Chuck on stage some. Uh, he's our new strategist. He took John Gordy's place with the Baptist State Convention and he moved to this area. Our men even helped him move uh, to uh, the house that they're in over in Hudson. And uh, he's the one that wrote G3 Discipleship that you've heard me talk about before in the past. Uh, and he's going to be the one that will uh, be teaching G3 for us this semester. So I want to put a plug in for that. Even if you are in a small group on Wednesday night for an hour, 6.30 to 7.30, Chuck is going to be teaching about G3 discipleship. So let me unpack that just a little bit more. If you are someone that's ever thought, I would like to know how to disciple someone. I would like to know how to sit down at a table with two or three people and, and us look at the scriptures together and walk through some topics about discipleship. Because you see, guys, he, he's going to focus on imperatives. Imperatives mean this. God meant for us to do it, not just talk about it and everything. So uh, Chuck is the one that God used to write this discipleship study years ago. I had already been through it before he ever moved in this area. Then it amazed me that God sent him to this area to be our strategist. And then it amazed me again that God sent him to Day 3 Church to be a part of Day 3 Church. So on Wednesday night, 6.30 to 7.30, he'll be leading in G3 discipleship. Even if you're in another small group, think about coming maybe for that hour and learn more how to disciple other people in kind of a one-on-one, two-on-one, three-on-one setting and everything. I would love for every person that thinks they're part of Day 3 Church to eventually go through G3 discipleship. Not so you can say you've done it, but so you can turn around and reproduce it in your life. So you can be from now until the time you die, you're constantly looking at who can you tap on the shoulder, who can you invite into a discipleship relationship, and you'd be trying to teach them more about Jesus. So uh, that's what Chuck is doing. So uh, um, you know, I wanted to emphasize that since he uh, is not with us today. He had to be in Statesville today. Uh, I'm going to do a, a study, a David Platt study. I did one last time that was uh, uh, kind of the, called Counterculture that was... Uh, really introduced to me by, by Mark and everything. He gave me the book, and that wound up becoming an addition uh, to the uh, Hot Topic series we're doing. I'm going to do one entitled Follow uh, Me, and it'll be on Sunday nights. Uh, we'll start at 545. The sign-up says 530, uh, but we need to give a chance for someone maybe to drop off children or youth or something before they join us. It'll be in the development where I live. If you don't know where that is, see me. Uh, and we could probably take maybe a couple more people signing up there also. 
but we have some new small groups. So I'm going to start out with the new small groups that we have uh, first up here other than Chuck's. So I'm going to start out with Carl and Barbara and uh, let them share with you about their small group that's going to be meeting on Monday evening in their home. Yes, our name ones are uh, Carl and Barb Wilson. And Pastor, uh, my wife yells at the TV. I just wanted to let you know that. So. <laughs> I, I watch her yelling. <laughs> uh, Barb and I uh, will be leading a life group uh, in our home. We live off of Grace Chapel Road, south of here, a little less than five miles. And we'll be meeting from 6.30 uh, to 8.30. So that gives you time to eat at home if you want to. Also, uh, we'll have light, light snacks there. Uh, no, no child care. Plenty of parking. Uh, our, the title of our life group is Following Jesus, the Great Adventure. And in that theme, we're going to be talking about the beginning, the middle, and the end of our lives. When Jesus began his ministry, he walked by Peter and his brother Andrew. They were fishermen. And he said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Pastor, you talked a lot about what? We'll be doing. And then Jesus, and then Peter denied him three times at the crucifixion. He was a big talker. What did he? And you know what Jesus did to him when he rose from the dead? He took Peter aside and he asked him three times, "Peter, do you love me?" Then Jesus walked later on by John and his brother James, and they were mending nets. And, Paul, and Jesus told them to follow him, and they followed him immediately, and they hung around with Jesus for three years. John later wrote Revelation First, second, and third John in the book of John. And I like to call him the apostle of hope. In first John, he talks about you children in the Lord, you young men and women in the Lord, you fathers and mothers in the Lord. And so that's going to be the essence of what we're talking about, our beginning in our faith the middle of our faith, and the end of our faith on this earth. And we hope it will be very encouraging and inspiring so that we can really be more effective in the body of Christ and for the sake of a lost world. Good morning. I'll give you just a little bit of background on on mine and Angie's small group. Uh, First of all, we meet on Sunday at 5.30 at our home. Uh, and we originally started, we've been, we've been meeting in our home probably for 15, 20 years. Been, we've been met a long time, had a lot of people in our group. 
But we, when we first started meeting, we met together as couples, and we felt a real calling originally. This is a while back. Uh, we felt a real calling to reach out specifically to parents of teens. It's kind of how it got started. But as time evolved and we and our kids got older and kind of our, our thoughts and our passions changed, we really began to realize that God has, has called men and women differently. And there is a different, and there is different responsibilities. None of them are bigger, none of them are smaller. They're just different. So once we kind of realize that, where we've morphed into is still meeting together as a group when we first get together, but then we divide, and I, t- I go teach the, uh, the men and Angie. I go teach the women to tell them what to do. And the, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Couldn't resist, sorry. Lots of luck. That's right, lots of luck. We break up, and I lead the men, and Angie leads the women. Speaking of the men's study, I do want to read, I want to read a, a piece of Scripture from you. That's, it's a very, in my opinion, is a very scary piece of Scripture. And this comes from Ezekiel. It says, I search for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me uh, for the land so that I would not destroy it, but I found no one. That is a scary verse for me. And I, in my opinion, if you look at the things that are going on in our society, if you look at the drug rates, the people in pre, all the things that are going on, in my opinion, it's a result of men not stepping up and being men. And I think in our families and the issues that we're having in our schools and the disrespect that we have in our schools, in my opinion, it's primarily caused from men not being men and not, and not doing what God has called, you, has called you to be and being the man that God, God's called you to be. So this, uh, this semester we're going to do a book. I kind of see a little bit of a pattern here. This is another book that the uh, Hickory Fireman of the Year, just saying... Uh, <laughs> uh, suggested to me. And this book is called Stepping Up. And it will define for you men, you have to step it up. It's time to, to take responsibility. So this will give you some, some good examples and practical experience of how to step up as a man and be the man that God's called you to be. Hi. Uh, we are still doing Adorn. Uh, we did it last semester. Uh, we didn't get finished, so we're going to finish it up this semester uh, on uh, with the women's study. And uh, what Adorn is about is uh, Titus 2. And I'm just going to read Titus 2 to everybody. Uh, As for you, Titus, promote the kind living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men to exercise self-control and be worthy of respect and to live wisely. They must have sound faith, which some translation says doctrine, and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way of honors, a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands, their children, and to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes and do good, to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame upon the word of God. And uh, that's just a mandate to us women that uh, we are to uh, live a wholesome life and to train the younger women. And we're all older women to somebody, so it's not just for older women. Um, and also the young women also have responsibilities. 
So um, that's what our group is about, and we have done about six chapters in the book. We want to start on the second, but we can get you caught up if you want to join. The other thing that our life group has done is we have uh, kind of adopted a family, um, Robin, Matt, and Little River, and um, I would just like to take time right now and pray for River. He uh, has Down syndrome. He also has a hole in his heart, and last uh, Tuesday... Um, he had surgery in Levine Children's Hospital on his heart, and um, he's got a little pneumonia, still got some swelling, and um, he's still down there. And so um, I'd like just to take a minute and pray for River and uh, Robin and Matt as they're down there trying to support uh, them. And um, as you know, when you have a sick child, um, you get real worried. And um, so anyway, if y'all would just continue to pray for them too, Okay. Dear Lord, I would just like to take this time and just uh, lift up um, Robin and Matt as they're trying to take care of River, and just especially River, Lord. I just pray that you just heal him, um, you just strengthen his little body, and um, it's gone through a lot in, in the last five months of life, and Lord, I just, um, just pray for him, pray for the doctors and the nurses that are taking care of him, and uh, just lift up the whole family. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, So we have a small group. Um, When we started the small group maybe five years ago, we said it was for 20 and 30-year-olds. We're at the point now we're going to have to add 40 in there real soon. Um, And so it's just for anyone. We don't card, so y'all come on. Um, But we meet on Monday nights um, at 6.30 at Jeff in my house. Um, And if you need address, you can let us know. Um, But we have a lot of fun um, Monday nights. But we also, um, it's a fantastic group of just um, couples and some singles that um, we get together throughout the week. It's not just on Monday night, so it's really fun just really living life with that group. Um, this year, this semester, um, we are not splitting up. We also split up some depending on the study that we have. Um, but this semester, we are doing um, Static Jedi, and I'm just going to read the overview because I think this does a better job than I could to tell you what it's about. Um, but noise is everywhere, televisions blaring out commercials, opinions shouted over the radio, the internet and its unlimited distractions, all of the tasks and choices that you don't know, that you all know really don't matter, always intensifying, becoming a deep part of our everyday cycle. But often God speaks to us in the stillness. Even Elijah needed to hear God. God sent fire, a quake, and a huge wind. But God wasn't in the fire, he wasn't in the quake, and he wasn't in the wind. God was in the whisper, but the noise hides the whisker, whisper. Life is a dangerous place when we are stripped of our abilities to hear God clearly. During the time here on earth, Jesus Christ was the master of noise. He balanced time of healing, teaching, and feeding the multitudes with irregular periods alone with his father. Static Jedi takes a look at the life of Jesus and helps you master the noise and distractions to live in clarity. So that's what we'll be studying this semester. Hi, I'm Shane, and I'll be leading a small group uh, this semester, Tuesday nights here at the church. Uh, The group has met for, I don't know, six, seven, eight years now. Uh, This will be my first time leading it, uh, but we do meet 6.30. We usually do a a quick meal and fellowship time and uh, and then start our study after that. Uh, we do have child care available because I have two teenage daughters that sometimes I still get to tell what to do. So uh, we'll, we'll have child care available. Um, this semester, uh, we're going to go through a book. 
and it's by Lee Strobel. It's called uh, The Case for Christ, A Journalist's Personal Investigation into the Evidence for Jesus. So just a little background. There is a movie about it. Um, my wife Lynn and I watched the movie a while back, and, and it was very interesting to me, so I ordered the book, started reading through it. And um, basically, the book is by a journalist. He worked in Chicago in, I think, the 80s. I don't, I don't remember exactly the time frame, but his wife converted uh, to Christianity. They were both atheists. Um, and so he set out to do a journalistic um, investigation to prove that she was wrong, uh, to prove that, that Jesus wasn't crucified, didn't, wasn't resurrected, um, and, and that you know, Christianity was just a big myth. Um, turns out uh, the opposite happened. Uh, you know, he proved to himself that it was true, uh, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, it, it gives you a lot of uh, ammunition, if you will, uh, when you're trying to, to share Christ and share his word. Um, so that, that's pretty much it. Uh, we have all ages. Uh, we have a really good small core group. We'd love to have some new folks. Um, and I'll, I'll put in a plug just for, for the small groups in general. If you're not involved in one, get involved. Uh, we, we can't get what we need just here on Sunday mornings. So if you're not involved in one, get involved. Um, if, you're, if you're new, you're scared, whatever, come to ours. I promise uh, you, you won't be that way for long. Um, and, and uh, let's see, I had something else. I want to make sure I don't miss it. Yeah, um, if you can't make it every week, it's okay. Uh, I promise I'll miss some of our sessions. Life happens. We all understand that. So don't let that keep you out of a small group. Thank you, guys. We're going to close uh, in a little bit different way. The first service, what we did was have some testimonies about the prayer walk yesterday, and I really don't feel led to do that at this service. Uh, I'll tell you a couple of things that happened. One is one of our groups went out to some apartment complexes and prayed and came back with the thought of, well, when they go to Guatemala, uh, they do like VBS out in the village, you know, out in the street, different things like that. And they came back with a thought of, why don't we go to some of those apartment complexes, not just in the summer, but on a weekly basis, trying to come up with a schedule to go minister to some of the children there, and then through that, reach their parents, hopefully. Uh, Jay Worsley, who's the fairly new pastor at First Baptist uh, here in Granite, he was also here yesterday. He was uh, on the podium with me doing part of the training, uh, as was Dale Fisher, uh, and then Chuck also uh, yesterday. Uh, but it was pretty much day three people that showed up. Uh, I wish more of the churches had, had showed up to go with us. But um, anyway, uh, we had 40-some people, I think, went out and do some prayer. Uh, but instantly, as Shannon, Shannon Annis was the one that was sharing about going praying around those apartments, as she was sharing her idea of doing that some type of ministry there, Jay and I thought at the same time, well, why don't we try and come up with some kind of schedule to where it's not just day three, but it's day three and first Baptist, maybe Concord, whoever else we can talk to, to try and go do some ministry in some places like that. And guys, here's, here's the neat thing about that. A lot of times when we just are hitting on people to come to day three church, you know what the lost people think? They just want me over there so they can count my nose and so they can get money from me. But if you have some churches working together, then you see, it's not about just getting them to this church or that church or whatever. It's about getting them in the kingdom of God, and it's about ministering to them. So please pray about that as we begin to think through that some, because Jay left wanting to go talk, and we're going to talk to some other pastors and see kind of what we can create in that way. So that's what I wanted to tell you about our, our prayer time and uh, in, in all we in the prayer walk we did yesterday, and we'll be planning more of those. 
the, the way I feel like we need to leave and finish up with today is this, and it might be uncomfortable for you to start with, but it's part of why we do church. It's part of why we do community. And what I want you to do, we've already had the invitation. What I want you to do is get up, and I want you to go find somebody you don't know. I mean, I know some of you know each other pretty good, but some of you, you may be able to look around here and see somebody and think, I don't have any idea who that is. I want you to get up and look around and find somebody you don't know, or at least somebody you don't know well, maybe you know their face or whatever. And I want you to talk with each other for, you know, three, five, ten minutes, however long it takes. Whereas we're, we've got extra time, you know, from when I normally let you go. And I want you to pray for each other and, and maybe share some information about how you can reconnect and keep praying for each other. So that's the way I want you to finish your time. One last thing about small groups. I understand the busyness of people in the world that we live in. But, and, and guys, I don't think I'm missing this. This might sound like it's really cut and dried, but I want you to listen to this challenge about small groups. You may be someone who thinks, well, I used to and I don't have time now. Or, I've never done it because I didn't have time now. I think I can say this without any apology or question mark whatsoever. If you're hearing a voice telling you you don't have time to meet with other believers and study the Bible, that voice is not from God. Period. That means it's coming from somewhere else. Huh? So that ought to make it cut and dry. We've got sign-up sheets outside, downstairs and upstairs. And if you've not signed up for a small group yet, why not do so? Because that little voice in your head saying, I wish I could, but I don't have time. We've got several different nights available now that you can be involved. You, you telling yourself or hearing this voice, but I don't have time. I don't think that voice is from God. So that means it comes from another place. Amen? Does that make it a little bit simpler to think through this process? Okay. Guys, thank you for coming today. Please stand up. Find someone. Don't just get up and leave. Please don't just get up and leave. God's watching from heaven. (laughs) Find somebody and share with them and pray. Somebody you don't know, somebody you don't know well. You're free to go when you're finished. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church. Experience a new day in your life.